I'm Neil Acharya. And I'm Nate Sager. And this is Sports Lit. Nate, when you think of prominent hockey playing families, what names come up? Well, in terms of uh, quantity and quality, the uh, Sutters, obviously. Six brothers who all played in the NHL and have all had sons go on to play, too. Who else? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> two Esposito brothers in the Hall of Fame, two Richard brothers in the, the Hall Stalls. of Fame. The Stalls. The Stalls. Have three brothers in the NHL and a fourth who have played pro. And when you think of the, the most prominent hockey dad, I mean, that answer's obvious. Yeah, Walter Gretzky. Now, if I throw the name... Carl Subban and the Subans in there. How does that fit in? Oh, I, th- I think it's a uh, with names. Yeah, it's probably Carl and uh, Maria Subban. Carl Subban has, uh, of course, his most famous son, his eldest son, is PK, uh, who uh, rose to fame, I believe, during the 2010 playoff run with the, with the Canadians. Um, and then, of course, Malcolm emerging on the scene now with the expansion Vegas Golden Knights, the surging Vegas Golden Knights. And his youngest son, Jordan, was drafted by the Vancouver Canucks and was recently traded to the L.A. Kings. And Carl is a lifelong educator, spent 30 years uh, and actually still fills in um, in an administrative role with the TDSB. And he released a book uh, a few months ago, and it's titled How We Did It, The Subban Plan for Success in Hockey, School, and Life. And both me and you, of course... As a prerequisite for this podcast, we read the book in, in its entirety, and I certainly found it compelling um, more from a, a, a life uh, a life perspective. I know you enjoyed the school perspective, and the hockey perspective is, is really what sells it, but uh, there's a lot to this book, certainly. It's not just your average hockey book. Yeah, at first, you know, obviously... Everyone's going to judge the book by its cover. I mean, you, you, it's pretty good. Pretty good cover too. <laughs> it's a great cover. The the cover was actually, uh, and we'll get into this later. A shot uh, taken by the family who is uh, their their brand is aligned with uh, uh, sorry uh, R W and Co. Okay, um, but continue. Yeah. So I thought, okay, is this going to be a book about you know parenting advice? Is this going to be about raising a, you know an active family or? navigating the you know the byzantine world of the greater toronto hockey league and it was sort of but it was a bit of a tweener but i I think that was great because something that sort of coursed through it with carl suban was whatever he was doing whatever stage of life he was at he always seemed to be taking on the next thing i found that really interesting when he was telling basically his memoir like he was playing basketball at lakehead but he was finding out okay i think i want to be an educator and work with young people but he's like, oh, then when he was becoming a, doing his teacher training, he's like, well, I don't want to just be pigeonholed as the gym teacher, so I'm going to like learn the sciences. And then I'm, he was taking on administration stuff, and he seems to have done that through his whole life. And I think that's really uh, illustrative of, uh, hopefully that's illustrative of who he is based on, based on the reading. And it's, I think it's instructive for anyone who probably reads the book. And yeah, so there was a lot to get out of it. I probably did get, as the son of a teacher, I did probably get the most out of his talking about what he did as a principal to try to get kids who were having who weren't getting everything they need needed from the school system to get them motivated and taking ownership in, in their learning and their education that that was really interesting some of his uh, his abbreviations and acronyms were really interesting that was especially interesting and 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 certainly as i said his his life in jamaica immigrating emigrating to sudbury at age 12 and then kind of having that vision and i think um, the undertone, as I as I kind of came to the conclusion, it doesn't say out, out from the outset in the book, um, but I really felt that as though he kind of maybe 
missed his chance to be a pro athlete from leaving Jamaica and leaving cricket behind at the age of 12 and then coming to Sudbury when 12 we all know this it's a little late to start hockey and try and make it to the pros he did end up playing college basketball realized the NBA wasn't in the cards but he always had a vision as you say and a vision for his kids and we saw and we are seeing how that's turning out so we're going to have Carl join us here and we're excited to have him on Welcome to the program. We are pleased to have Carl Subban join us. Carl, uh, you drove down here in the frigid temperatures. Uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. And uh, yeah, nothing was going to stop me today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything stops you any day. Well, you know what? That's why we're all blessed with potential. We can work uh, our way through almost anything. Well, yeah, touching so on a, that. This is a light breezy day in Sudbury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's a, <laughs> it's a warm day in Sudbury. Yeah, if it was Sudbury, it'd be very warm today. Well, that's great because we can actually t- get right into your background. I, wanted, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you uh, to tell our viewers a little bit about um, yourself in terms of your life as an educator. And then, you know, maybe we can get into your time in Sudbury, but we can probably touch on that later as well. Yeah, you know, I was born in Jamaica, and, and I'll just be quick. And um, with this part, I we uh, my family moved to Sudbury, Ontario. We had relatives there, and my dad was a diesel mechanic, so he had a job right away in the mines. And my mom was a seamstress and self-taught, and she got a job right away at Sudbury Steam Laundry. And we knew what our job was, their children, to go to school, <laughs> and that's what we did. But um. You know, and and uh, that's how it started, and that's where it started for us with hockey. And and what was your question? Well, no, it, uh, your background in, in yeah. kind of education too. How yeah. you? But but I guess but we can we can touch on this as we go. I mean, did you always have a book in you? I mean, just reading this, it 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 seems like you had a book in you. But you can tell us. Yeah. Well, I the one thing that that the book's about a big topic in the book is potential. So I know that I have that in me and. Within our potential, we have so many possibilities, and I guess one was a book, and and um, you know it, it, the book came about because of um, of the success of of, uh, of my children, especially the three boys. Uh, the girls are both educators in the Toronto School Board, and everybody knows uh, about PK and Malcolm and Jordan, and everywhere I would travel, people would ask me, you know, how how did we do it? You know, <laughs> how did we manage uh, to raise three boys who were drafted and signed by NHL teams. And and so uh, that's why the title and, and the book is about uh, my feedback uh, uh, to that question, which I refer to as the million-dollar uh, question. Um, your background in education, uh, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that. 30 years uh, and, and still going with yeah. the TDSB. Yeah, you know, it's it's when I got to Lakehead University, I... I knew one thing that I wanted to play basketball and, and my dream was to play in the NBA and it didn't take me long to realize that no NBA team would draft a six foot three center. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even if his jump hook was pretty good. So, you know, luckily for me, uh, I started working at the basketball camp that our team would organized. And, and so I started working with uh, young children and I discovered something about myself that, wow, I loved working with them. And what I noticed from the students I was working with, they loved working with me. And it's funny that my co-author, Scott Colby, 
also attended the basketball clinic and he had looked up to me he told me that later on and and so that's how it started with me uh in terms of my teaching career yeah and that sort of segues into our next question carla how, what was the process i mean you explained the connection that you you just explained the connection you and scott had thunder bay and basketball and which was interesting. I didn't. I yeah. I've read read Scott for many years. He used to be a reporter at the Kingston Whig Standard. Yes. I, re I remember a great feature he wrote about one of the local football teams that only had seventeen players, <laughs> and, and relating it to his own high school football yes. experiences in, in Thunder Bay. But what was the process like of you working together? Because I mean, it's one voice in the book, yours, but obviously, you know, Scott's got co-author credit and yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I was doing some work either for Canadian Tire or Hyundai Canada. I'm not sure which one, but I was doing my, um, you know, my media rounds and Scott got in touch with me. And uh, and he told the uh, a person who I was working with that he knows me and and I should give him a call. And I called him and then he sort of refreshed my memory. And we not, he not only worked with me at the Lakehead basketball schools, but he also worked with me at A&P. And he reminded me, and he used to uh, punch my time card at night because I had to leave a bit early to catch the late bus home. <laughs> but, um, you know, he said, Carl, you should write a book. And I said, Scott, you know what? I, am, I would like to write a book. I've been thinking about writing a book. And uh, we, got, we met uh, over coffee and... Uh, and we decided that we'd work together, and um, and it was it's been really a smooth process. Uh, it's been a wonderful uh, growth uh, thing for me because uh, Scott has made me a better writer, you know, and and he he sort of led the way uh, in terms of organizing the book, structuring the book, also with a lot of help from Random House. But um, I sort of became a, a lot better at telling my story and writing about my story. So we'd get together. And he would have a series of questions and I would answer them and he'd, he'd record me and so on. And then I would go home and I would use that title we, we came up with or that chapter, which we identified at the time and, and write. And, and okay. I, I had my best time that was in the morning and I'd write and, and write and write and write and I'd write 5,000 words. Sometimes I didn't like it. I'll get rid of it. <laughs> and the next day I'll start over again. And, and that process, it, it got better and better and better. And I got better at telling my story, and then Scott would just piece it all together. So we, uh, after a while, I mean, he knew our story. He knew it just as as well as I did. Uh, how many, like, how was the, how many years did it take you to, to do this? Yeah. So it, from the start to the end, it's about two years. Uh, it took us about a year to write the book and, and to pre and, and to complete the manuscript. And then, it, you know, they take another year just to get it all ready uh, to what it is today that, you know, this book you see in front of you. Um, and, yeah, it's about two years. And I also did the audio uh, recording of it, the audio version. And there's also a French version, too, for all those who only read and speak French. Great. Um, uh, there's also there, there's a nice flair to this book, too. It's not your typical book in the way it's structured uh, obviously it has to deal with more than hockey there's school and life but there's also you know uh for example little sketches of uh, your family members that pop out from the narrative you have a dissenting voices in here harry evans uh of course uh from uh, the the pk story with minor hockey um that that's unique to me at least from what i've seen I, I, how did that all come was that scott's idea was that you that was scott's idea about having uh, the different voices and um, I, I agreed with them because we wanted the book to be authentic. We just didn't want it just to be Carl Subban's voice. 
we wanted uh, our children, my wife and Harry and George Burnett too. And I wasn't there when Scott was asking the questions and piecing it all together. And we wanted to be the real story, not just Carl Subban's story, even though I'm an important part of the book and my voice and uh, experiences obviously are, are captured in it. And just, uh, I guess, I guess the sec. What really, I really like the structure of it because, uh, I mean, it, sometimes you know, the the test of a book is the rereading of it. Right? Yes. And it, there's like, okay, I can go back to the section on the, the chapter on Belleville. I can go back to the chapter yes. on. I, I, I'm again, I'm a teacher's kid, so uh, <laughs> I, I really found it, found the, found the parts on education uh, uh, really interesting. Yeah. Where, where where was the sort of idea where did you sort of how did you brainstorm a lot of the ideas when you were an educator to you know when you talked about getting like you know the class of 21 together or yeah or getting the 60 percent the acronyms and yeah. gps yeah the <laughs> gps yeah there are a lot of stuff in there that i want i want people, whoever reads it i want them to take away something from the book and someone asked me who is the book for i said it's for everyone because everyone was born with potential but when you look at my life my world education hockey and uh, and my family being a, a parent of, of uh, so it, you know education sports and and and, um, and coaching uh, those are my three uh, life circles and so those are the experiences that I drew from and and to capture in the book to tell people how we did it because it wasn't just one thing it was like a process you know I can't identify one thing it was sort of many things we did and and the other thing is, you know, we didn't do it by ourselves either, Marie and Carl, because I, I, one of the quotes I use in the book, um, it takes, uh, you know, the African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. It also takes a village to raise an NHL. And as a parent, one of the lessons I learned is that we can't do it or I can't do it by myself. You know, whether the teachers, the coaches, um, you know, the, the Harry Evans, uh, George Burnett in Belleville, PK's uh, power skating coach who lives in Florida now, Cam Brothers. You know, it, it really, uh, they say the bigger the dream, the bigger the team, and the more important the team. So, <laughs> <laughs> Me and Nate both got uh, different, you know, th there was different elements to this book that we liked in our own way. Yes. Of course, you talked about the education part. I really like the family life part and your history. And I was hoping now maybe you could read a little passage for us from your book. I'll hand it over to you. Okay. And um, it's just from there to the, to the next line there. Okay. So yeah, just down there. <clears throat> Growing up, my brothers and I knew we were loved. We never had a lot, but we always had enough of what we truly needed. If something had been missing, we would not have known it. We were very happy. Our family cared for us and loved us. They didn't have to say it in so many words. We just knew it. We also knew showing respect was paramount. There were four expectations placed on me, like a license plate on a car, and they came from my parents, my extended family, and the community. These expectations were as ubiquitous as the hot Jamaican sun. <laughs> they were always there in my conscious and unconscious mind. One, work hard in school. Two, Behave well, watch your manners, and always respect your elders. Three, look clean and neat, especially outside the home. Four, be good at something and make your family proud. 
These expectations set the tone for the early years of my childhood and much later influenced the expectations I had for my own five children. And I'm going to add, and all the children <laughs> I worked with in my education career. That's great. <laughs> Are you, did you narrate the, the audio version too? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So we could tell. We saw your oration on that. Was, uh, yeah. was that, We're going to get you to read one other thing, too, here, uh, uh, because you're so good at it. Uh, just, just from right there. And I think you'll find it interesting, because it relates yeah. to someone in this room right now. Yeah, the Subban hat trick uh, was, was caused to celebrate. Of course, getting drafted and making it in the NHL are two different things. PK made it, but what if Jordan does not become an NHL player? There's one message I keep coming back to with Jordan. Never count him out. And that is not just my assessment. Consider what his brothers and sisters have to say about him. In 2012, uh, Neat there he Sager. Is. Nate oh, Sager. <laughs> of Yahoo Sports interviewed Malcolm. Wow. Yeah. He said, oh, sorry about that. What up? You have to stop no, 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 no. Oh. Just, just ask the question, then we can fill in. The, just don't give the answer. Just, yeah. just the question that he asked. He said one of the popular questions at NHL scouting combine interviews in recent years has been, if your city was invaded and you could get all <laughs> your, of your family member, uh, your family out except for one person, who would you leave behind? <laughs> So, Nate, can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? When oh, you that's made, great. You made the book. Yeah, yeah made I, the did. Book. I, I made the Sorry, book. Sorry, I didn't make the connection it's, right away. Sorry. Yeah. No, that, we wanted it to be a well, surprise. Well, that question, I, I covered a few NHL scouting combines yes. from uh, 2010 wow. to 14, and mm -hmm. that question did come up. Uh, I, the first player I remember answering it was Cam Fowler, who now oh, plays yes. the Anaheim Ducks. Mm -hmm. And he said something like, well, I said my dad, but then I realized, oh, it's a trick question. I'm supposed to stay behind and get my whole family out. But I, so from time to time, when I did these Q and A's with people who were in their draft year, yes. I would I would I would bring that one up, and a lot of times the answer was just like I'd stay behind or my dad. And I think at all the times I asked that, that's the only time someone said they would leave their younger brother. Behind. Wow, what a story! <laughs> and um, yeah, like I've said it, I'm not. I, I've said this so many times about Jordan. There's seven of us sitting at the dinner table, and only uh, six slices of bread. You know. You know, he's going to end up with one. We're all, we haven't eaten in a week. You know, Jordan is going to get one slice off for himself. He has such a big heart. He's so determined. And, um, you know, and, and thank you for that. And you made the book. You made the thank Scott Colby, too. Can you imagine when I was reading this at home? Because I was yeah. the first to read it. Then I lent it to Nate. I'm like, what? Yeah, Nate? Yeah. But I, I have to say, though, it's interesting because Malcolm faced... Uh, an uphill challenge to I mean it's all it's an uphill challenge for everyone to make the NHL just looking yes. at the stats and that's why what you've done is so remarkable with with three sons drafted and signed uh Malcolm in particular started playing goal late yes. um but with Jordan does he now that you're kind of looking from afar with you know where everyone's at right now is, is does Jordan face the toughest challenge to make the NHL um because he just what? for our viewers he just I, got traded uh <laughs> couple weeks ago to yeah. uh, the Kings yeah. from the Canucks franchise. Um, to me, I mean, there are guys over six feet who make the NHL, and obviously there are more guys over six feet than under six feet. And and if anything, uh, the NHL is getting not so much bigger, but probably uh, faster or quicker. And, and, and so, um, but it, it's about opportunities. It's not even so much about size. It's about opportunities and skill and determination and patience. And um, so it's hard to say uh, 
um, if he's having a, a more difficult time because he's still in a great position. He's still young. He's still learning his trade. Um, and I know eventually he's going to get his opportunity, and he knows too. But I wouldn't, I'm not going to say that it is if he's having the most difficult time of it. Okay. Um, Nate? Uh, I, I sort of want to circle back to what you were talking about when you were getting the, the you know your children involved in hockey, and I think yes. I think around around page one hundred three, you sort of mentioned the, there were four S's. There was yes. there was skating, shooting pucks, stick handling, and shitty, and, and that sort of conjured up to me just how uh, structured all kids' activities are now are now nowadays because your the shinny part seems to be about learning to play and learning how to be creative is, wow. is there enough of that in minor hockey well uh, my boys couldn't get enough of it um you know because as soon as the outdoor rink was in at sunnily in etobicoke uh, we were there and pk started there about four or five and that was a really big part of their hockey development in some ways it was more important than even the power skating they did um, you know, it's that free play. Uh, it's playing without uh, the adult intervention. Um, there's really no keeping score. Uh, it doesn't matter your age. I remember PK started out following the puck, <clears throat> and then eventually he grew into carrying the puck. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I, I, I don't think, I, I don't know about all the kids today and what they're doing, but I, I hope that they're spending more time uh, playing shinny during those winter months th uh, than anything else because my boys did not miss an opportunity. And, and we created these opportunities for them every day. It didn't matter how cold it was, we were out. And they loved it. And, and maybe sometimes when they're, when they're younger, they probably love the hot chocolate more. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, they really loved it. And you know what I liked about it too? Um, when PK was young, the older boys would take care of the younger boys, you know, and there was a pecking order, but it was a good, it was, it, it was just done the right way. And, and there was no referee, there was no whistle, there was no replay, <laughs> there was no benching. And I, I remember, this, I could see it right now, PK playing, and I'm skating on the perimeter of the rink with Malcolm and Jordan. I've got one in one hand, one, in the, one on the other hand, until they got older and Malcolm was in net and Jordy wasn't played out because Malcolm always had that goalie itch. It's just that we wouldn't scratch it for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great element to the book because as the story goes, I think he was 12 or 13. He was 12, yeah. 12, and, yeah. and he decided to play goal. Now, if you're trying to, it's a very crucial year in the development of any hockey player because what is it before Pee Wee goes into minor midget? Maybe you can correct yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Pee Wee and, and Bantam. Yeah, I started at Pee Wee. He said, uh, yeah, you know, and we wrote about in the book that if I can't be a goal, he, he wants to quit. And just go back to Malcolm a bit, if you guys don't yeah. mind. Um, yes, yes. When he started out, he, he uh, when he played soccer, he wanted to be a goalie. Um, you know, uh, in the, in the hallway, he was the goalie. When they had those ministic games in our hallway in Etobicoke in our home, he was the goalie. And so in the house league, he, he was also a goalie. But I coached his all-star team. Mm -hmm. And so he was really our best player. You know, Malcolm, same age as Ryan Strom, who's a really great player in, in, in Toronto and in the GTHL and, and the OHL and now in the NHL. And, and, and uh, you know, Malcolm played against him and, and, and could keep up to Ryan and not too many players could. And um, so, he, you know, if you'd have told me 
that he was going to make it as a goalie when he was 9 or 10, I would say, what are you talking about? Because when he decided that he wants to resign as a player, I think a lot of people were shaking their heads. What's he doing, including his mom and dad? And, and, but I learned an important lesson that, you know, as a parent, you know, you clear the way, pave the way, and then sometimes you just have to get out of the way, you know. Bearing, I mean, with that in mind, it must have been, and we, I mean, it was covered in the media. I mean, it was covered by me too. Um, it must have been an amazing feeling uh, on your second father-son trip of the season, oh, uh, which is remarkable in itself, uh, a few, few, just before Christmas, to see uh, Malcolm play against PK and then get the shootout win over uh, on the father-son trip. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that, that was like and, and, and relive it for us? Well, first of all, um, you know, it, it's I was there with the Vegas dads in uh, in Nashville. Um, you know, it's take your dad to work trip. You know, that's what the <laughs> NHL does, you know. Most of us will take our kids to our work. Now, my kids are taking me to their work. And, <laughs> and so, but uh, all day long, I was thinking about how fortunate I was and uh, to be in the position that I was in. And I remember my tweet, you know, thanking the NHL and thanking the Preds and, and thanking the Golden Knights for this wonderful opportunity, this wonderful moment. And then the other thing I thought about was, you know, it started with a dream, and I never forget that. And and so my message and the message in the book is, one of the messages in the book is, you just never know what you're capable of accomplishing when you conceive a dream. And that's why dreams are so important, you know. And it was that dream, uh, you know, uh, for the boys to play hockey that gave me that opportunity along with so many other things. It was, it was, uh, it was covered, um, and hopefully one day you get, get three of those uh, in one season. Yeah, you know what? I mean, uh, I'm not going to bet against Jordan. Um, I know once he gets his opportunity, he, he's, uh, he's going to be ready for it. It's like Malcolm. I mean, it wasn't a cakewalk for Malcolm. He learned a lot about himself, and I also learned a lot about Malcolm. You know, I knew Malcolm, the hockey player, but I didn't always know about Malcolm, the character guy. And I, I, having... Going, just looking back now in terms of what he, he, he experienced and, and how he dealt with it, I said, wow, he's such a strong kid. He's so determined. And Jordan, I believe, has the same makeup. And right now, he's being tested. And how will he do when he gets that opportunity? And, and I, I, I'm not betting against Jordan. Um, let's talk about uh, the one son we haven't talked a whole lot about right now, which is PK. Yes. And yeah. um, let's go back to, you know, there's two times, I mean, I've covered hockey, Nate's covered hockey, there's two times I can remember hearing about PK initially were the dra his draft day, mm -hmm. I believe he said he wanted to win a Stanley Cup with the Canadians. Yes, yes, I remember that day. And which was, you know, that's not a typical thing for someone who just got drafted to say, especially the Canadians. And then in 2010, emerging on the scene during that playoff run. Yes. Um, what were what was going through your mind when all of that went down? I mean, he scored his first NHL goal technically in the playoffs, I think, before he even scored in the yeah. regular season. Yes, yeah, he had he had played his first game in Philly, I remember. But anyway, he, he was sent back down to Hamilton to play uh, with the Bulldogs, and and I remember that day. I was coming back from uh, when the day was called up. I was coming back with Murray and Malcolm from the. Um, 
you know, that midget tournament in Quebec. Yeah, uh, the, the, the peewee tournament. Right? Yeah, the Quebec peewee yeah, tournament. No, no, the midget. The, oh, uh, oh, the midget. The, the Kiwanis one? No, no, Canada, the, the uh, large midget tournament <laughs> okay. there. The Canada-wide, um, right. okay. what do you call that cup? Telescope. Telescope. Okay. So we're coming back, and his team made it in the finals. And, and, they, and, and Malcolm had, had like 52 shots. So we're coming back. We were about in Kingston and PK. I saw he called me. And he says, guess what, guess what? I'm not thinking, you know, he's there. He's getting ready for the playoffs in Hamilton, looking forward to it. Right. He said, I've been called up with Daddy, but you can't say anything. This was Sunday. So he was, you know, Sunday night we're driving back. So he was called up. He's so excited uh, that now he's, um, he's, he's heading to the airport or whatever it is. Uh, and he's going to be playing. I, I think that Markov got injured. So so that's where it started. Then he, he went in and he played and, and the one thing with PK, the bigger the stage, uh, the bigger he plays. And he's always been that way. And and uh, the bigger the game, like I said, the, the bigger he plays. And that's the way it was in the playoffs. And everyone saw that. And, um, you know, I knew that's the PK that um, that everyone would come to see on a regular basis. And, and he hasn't fooled us. And if anything, his, uh, his career has uh, taken some wonderful steps and, Thank to the Canadians for drafting him. And I, I remember in draft day, um, you know, Montreal Canadiens uh, uh, were my favorite team uh, growing up in, in Sudbury, Ontario, and through my childhood and into adulthood. And and so when they drafted my son, it was like another dream come true. And, you know, and who wouldn't want that? You know, if, if the Maple Leafs are your favorite team and right. your kid's drafted by them, come on, it's going to be one of the best days in your life. And so on draft day in Columbus, Ohio, that was a, a great day for us. I remember Guy Carbordeaux coming up and, and um, you know, one of the pictures I treasure today, um, and it's in the book, is, is, the, is PK was at the draft table on the Saturday morning and um, he's putting on the Montreal jersey and Bob Gainey is yeah. just looking at him. And my thing is, uh, I'm saying, I, this is what I think he's thinking. What have I just done? <laughs> and I always say that picture is worth a million bucks. Of all the pictures I wanted in that in our in the book, how we did it, that was the one, and um, it's in there. And and uh, I love that photo. I love that photo. Yeah, it's sort of striking. Uh, you mentioned that you and Maria have gone through six drafts because the yes. Ontario Hockey League drafts yes. players out of midget. But the, the experiences of course have kind of varied, like with with each son. Like Mel, Malcolm was the latest draft drafted into the OHL, but the, had the highest draft slot in the NHL. Yes, I, I think that I think people might be interested to know like what it was like for Jordan's drafting because that was unique because that was when the 2013 draft was all done in one day, not yes. one evening and one afternoon yeah. like it often is. Yeah. And he well, had, and he had some adversity that day. Yeah, the OHL draft is. Um, is done online, so we watched all those drafts at home, except for Jordan's draft. Um, you know, so with PK, I remember. I'll just go through it quickly if you guys want. No problem. I remember with PK, he was he was almost in tears that day because he saw these kids being drafted, and he knows that he can play. And so, but you know, and and that was good. In a way, I I think that was good because listen, I'd rather he goes out there with a chip on his shoulder. Than, than an opportunity that was given to him or handed to him on a platter. That's you know what I mean, and and so he, he that's how he went through his draft day. Malcolm was a bit disappointed too. Obviously, went in the eleventh round, and uh, Jordan was a bit different. It's like we knew that 
he was going to go early. That's how the, the draft ranking, ranking had worked that year. And, uh, yeah, there was a little bit of uh, uh, confusion or, or stress around Jordan being taken. Um, you know, obviously, we want him to go to Belleville. And, obviously, um, you know, you, you sign up to play in the OHL, not just for one team. And, and I'm glad that... Uh, you know, Belleville and, and the team that wanted Jordan were able to work it out. And, and so all three of my boys were able to play with the Belleville Bulls and coach uh, by a great coach, uh, George Burnett, and, and also a great teacher and a great person. It, but I, but I was sort of wondering, to Jordan on his draft day in 2013, like he had a bit of a wait. Yeah, in, 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 in uh, New Jersey, like I said, yes, PK waited till the second round, the Saturday, and Malcolm in first round. But Jordan, you know, Jordan was a little bit devastated uh, on draft day. He had to wait and wait and wait and wait. And the thing with the draft is, I don't think it matters what round. You just want to hear your name. Um, you just want to hear your name. And for his draft, too, uh, his brothers and sisters were not able to sit with him. Um, only mom and dad and you know and sometimes his brothers and sisters uh, are better pillows than mom and dad you know what I mean and and so so I remember not saying much to him but it's when uh, you know but something great happened Max Domi who was drafted in the first round to Arizona came and and sat with Jordan and he took time out of his great moment uh, the moment that he's dreamt for all of his life uh, to follow in his father's footsteps, uh, to come and sit with Jordan, and and Jordan had a had a shoulder uh, to put to rest his head on, and uh, um, I'm forever indebted to Max uh, uh, for what he did, and and um, you know and, uh, I'm thankful to to he and his family, and uh, I'm so happy today from Max that he's having the success that he's having. Yeah, I, I wonder how many guys would have done that because it is a whirlwind uh, if you're a first round round pick because they have this yes. like special reception room for yes. the first round. Yes, sign stuff. Yeah. And, and their yeah. families, yeah, and you're, yeah. you have to go sign stuff, yeah. 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 And I, did he peel himself away yeah. from that? That's I had to cool. write about in the book because, uh, like you said, it's um, how many people would have done that. I've never forgotten that, never will. Is the work that you, and, and, and what's very evident in this book is not only the vision, but the work you and Maria and your two daughters as well put in to helping the boys make it to the NHL. Is that is that indicative of other families around? Is that what it takes? Is that how hard it is to, to make the NHL? Because it certainly didn't, you know, it, there's a vision here, there's a drive, and there's a lot of work and yeah, time. Yeah. Um, it, well, others around, I mean, you, you've seen other kids that came up with your boys. I mean, yes. is, 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 do there, is it the same type of work those parents are putting in that you're putting in? Automat similar? Yeah, I mean, you know, I remember what my daughter uh, said at her wedding. If you, if you want to know about um, making sacrifices, just speak to my parents. And, yeah. and, but my daughter's too, it, it takes uh, the entire family uh, commitment. I mean, obviously, uh, it takes... Time, uh, money, um, a great uh, dedication and, and commitment, not just from mom and dad, but from their brothers and sisters. But the boys also knew that others were supporting them. So, you know, they, they worked hard and they practiced hard. They never one day uh, said to me that they didn't want to go to power skating or they never wanted to shoot pucks or they didn't want to stick handle because... 
It's like I'll get up five o'clock in the morning to help prepare their breakfast before they train. Uh, if they're going to sleep in, I'm not going to make breakfast for them. Come on. I'll do it once in a while. But um, but if they're working hard, I will work hard. Right. You know, and, and so all along they worked hard. And so we worked hard too. And, and, and the girls, like I said, they they made a lot of sacrifices. And even though, you know, Taz had her basketball and Natasha had her basketball, but as they got older, they, were, they helped uh, sometimes with the babysitting when Malcolm and Jordan were too young to travel and also with the driving as they got older. So... It really uh, is a team effort. I know sometimes dads will get a lot of the credits or moms will get all the credits. But And, and, and then, you know, like I said, it takes a team uh, because so many people have, have worked with my boys and influenced them in, in a way that they needed to be influenced to be where they are today. No, I was just thinking because, I mean, you, it's, it's the, the, the numbers, again, are staggering. To, to, to be able to, to do what you guys have done. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen at all by accident. This isn't, you know, like some of the guys I interview that, that started playing in, in the original six era that signed themselves up for hockey at five yes. and then, you know, just kept going at it and wow, okay, I'm, I'm going to make the NHL. Um, yeah. Like the, it seems pretty clear now that if you're going to get there, it has to be full dedication from everybody. Yeah, you know, it's, it's um, it takes, you start young, I really believe in starting young and, and, um, and you know, and it, it wasn't just, and because and, we wanted our children to know what they were good at. I really believe that's an important uh, piece of uh, parenting that Marie and I attached ourselves to. Um, we wanted our children to know what they're good at as, as, as young as possible. And, and skating was one of them. Hockey was one of them. Basketball was another thing. And, and, and these things were not things they did once a week or twice a week, you know, um, because I, you know, it's okay to be jack of all trades, but I believe you must be master of one. And it's when you work to master something that you learn about yourself, you learn about what you're capable of. And, and so, you know, there, there's a reason why, um, you know, we, we did it as regular as we did. Like I had a saying, the only thing better than skating five times a week was six. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, and I'm, I might have been happy uh, skating five times this week, but the only thing better would have been six. And so that was the mentality. You know, we were happy with what we did, but we're never satisfied. Um, you know, because you skated today doesn't mean that you shouldn't skate tomorrow. You know what I mean? And, and so, so the, the boys and girls develop some habits. I call them achievement habits. No, continue, sorry. Yeah, around training. Because I, I discovered something earlier, earlier on in, in this whole process. Because a lot of the stuff you just discover as, as you journey. And, and um, one of the things I realized was, um, was just... Just working, um, you know, just working to be the best you can be at, at whatever it is, and 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 then the other part to that is, is we never told like the boys in the hockey now, to go and shoot pucks by yourselves. You know, we never said okay, go and stick handle in the in the driveway by yourself. Like we were always there with them, you know, uh, because w what I realized was it's not that they loved hockey so much or skating so much, or shooting puck so much at a young age. They loved the fact that mom and dad was with them. 
That's that's a key, that, and that was that a, is a key. That, that is the key because you said you didn't know that anyone even had a shot till PK got to Belleville. That's right? right. That's right. And minor hockey does not give you any feedback that your kid's going to be the NHL. Okay, it, it's something that is so far away. It is so grand, and, and I'm good, because, and I like that, you know. And and but I think one of the key for us, and I, I just forgot to make this point. I'll make it now. I realized early on what the elephant in the room was. He was winning. And there's so much focused on winning. And and my boys didn't always play on the best teams or the teams that won the most games. And and after a while I learned that it, it, you know, W's are okay, but it wasn't it wasn't the most important thing. What I learned was the the power of practicing and training. You know what I mean? Because that's that's how you get better. And and so that became the focus that it didn't matter to me if they scored or they didn't score. Um, what mattered most to me is that they didn't miss their opportunity to shoot pucks, stick handle, power skate, or play shinny. Let's talk about your uh, sports background. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the conclusions, you can probably yell at me, I might be wrong, reading into things too much. But one of the things when I read the book I thought about a lot was you know, you you were a sportsman from the start. You yes. loved cricket. Oh, you looked up to Sir Garfield Sobers. Yes. And then you leave Jamaica at 12, which is probably not great for development in sport, especially yes. going to Sudbury where cricket is not uh, maybe played at all. Yeah, and right. then it's also late to kind of play hockey, which you got into. I mean, did you ever feel like you kind of you, you missed out on the ability to, to be a pro? And, of course, you did. You talked about being a, you know, uh, playing basketball, yeah. wanting to get to the NBA, and then realizing that was out of reach. Yeah. Did you ever feel like the, the the timing of your movement, especially at a young age, affected you in terms of your development as a possible professional athlete? Yeah, um, yeah. Transition can can hinder you, um, and and it can get in your way if you allow it to. And and it did when I first came because everything was new to me, a new culture, new set of people. You know, new sport, like I, I wrote in the book, uh, my cricket bat became my hockey stick. Mm-hmm. The cricket ball became the puck. Uh, my friends became those French-speaking uh, kids on Peter Street. And, and um, you know, yeah, at first um, I, wanted, I was homesick, uh, but it's when I started uh, to play with the kids. They invited me uh, to play hockey, to play lacrosse, to play those schoolyard games. We had a rink at the end of the street. Um, at, at the, there's a French school at the end of my street, still there. And it's when those kids invited me to play, you know, uh, it gave me an opportunity to dream again. In Jamaica, I had a dream to be the Wayne Gretzky of cricket, uh, Sir uh, Garfield Sobers. That was my dream there. And so coming to Canada now, uh, because I played goalie in soccer, I saw Montreal and I saw Ken Dryden, 77. <laughs> so I want to be Ken Dryden. That's a position I identified with. So hockey gave me a new dream. It gave me something to do. It gave me something to love. You know what? And most importantly, it gave me some new friends. So, you know, the, the, the transition uh, could have been negative, a, a, ne- a negative experience for me. But because of what happened, how things unfolded, it became a positive one, and I'm still um, connected to it. But you never thought about it in, the, in relation to your development as a possible professional athlete as, in terms of leaving at that point? Uh, no, no, because I, I love sports, and I realize now that I just, 
I just love sports. I mean, I love cricket because that's what we did in Jamaica. My dad played. He would take me to the cricket field. My dad was a good cricketer too. And his dad was a good cricketer. And his dad came from India. You yes, know what I mean? which is, so, uh, so, we've got to talk about that. Yeah, and, and so, um, but when I came to Canada, um, you know, I, I, I played hockey, but I also played minor soccer, minor league soccer, and I was a goalie. So, you know, it wasn't so much a dream to be a professional, um, but it was like, I, it was a dream to play, and I love to play, and, 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 and I play uh, benefited me a lot because, like I said, it kept me busy, uh, kept me active, um, you know, just helped me to make new friends and, and to settle in a new place. But I, I don't regret uh, uh, not making uh, our playing cricket for the West Indies. Um, no. Um, the NBA maybe, but I realized that, no, no, yeah, the NBA. Touching on that, you talked about Sir Garfield Sobers, you talked about Ken Dryden as heroes. Who was your basketball hero? Um, my, my, um, the, the guy that was, was, you know, Marvin Barnes, um, there were two of them really that, you know, there was Lowell Cinder. I remember the first time I, I'm, I saw him play was in Toronto, um, at my grandmother's house because we never had, the cable TV in Sudbury did not carry, uh, uh ba NBA basketball games in the seventies. Okay. So, so he became my hero at the start and I, that's why I practiced the jump hook. And and I had that, you know I played center in high school university and I jump hook, and and um, and and so I had a dream uh, to be an NBA basketball player, um, not to be a Luol Cinder but to be Marvin Barnes, who is from who is from Providence and um, you know I wasn't the athlete that he was I couldn't take those long shots uh, that he took. But um, I guess I love this sport as much as he did. So one thing we have uh, instituted here, and by the way, this is season two, episode one on a new year. We, this is our fourth episode, but season two, episode one. Okay. We like to give our guests a gift when they come on. That doesn't mean the interview's over. Okay. But um, judging on what you just said, we thought this would probably be a good gift for you. Oh, wow. Yeah, bad news. Wow. The turbulent life of Marvin Barnes. We, the, yeah. The Marvin Barnes uh, yeah. autobiography. Wow. When, when Thank I you. No problem. Uh, it's, wow. Don't worry. It hasn't, it's not a used copy either. We got... Yeah, no, no. This is fantastic. Let me tell you something how this goes because, um, you know, I, I wasn't really that... I, I wasn't really a good student. I wasn't a bad student behavior-wise, but in terms of academic, you know, I, I struggled, you know, and... And I guess because of the lack of book experience, being an educator now, I know how important that is. You know, if anything I lacked, that was it. But I, I remember I fell in love with reading because I wanted to be uh, an NBA basketball player. And my mom would give me money to buy the Basketball Digest. And so um, that's, you know, I started reading about Marvin Barnes because I said, if I want to be an NBA player, I better read about them and learn about them. And, uh, you know, I would take up books in the library, but I did a lot of reading uh, um, using the, as the, the, with the Basketball Digest as a source. And, 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 and you know, I, I'd read about Marvin Barnes, but I was in Providence at the, donut, uh, the Dunkin' Donut Center, and I looked up one day and I saw the banner. And you're in Providence Marvin because of, uh, because of Malcolm. Malcolm was playing there. Yeah, yeah I looked junior. up and, and then uh, I spoke to someone there uh, in the arena who knows of him and, and talked uh, a little bit about his life story and 
some of the troubles he had. And, you know, and when we think about his story, one of the things I talk about in the book is that, you know, we, we get a lot of pats on the back, mom and dad, Carla and Maria, about our children's successes and achievements. And, and sometimes people forget this point that I, I've made in the book that, you know, yeah, we want our children to make it in their profession, but we also want them to make it in life, you know, and, and that's, um, that's an important part that as PK, Malcolm and Jordan, as they're striving to fulfill their dreams, mom and dad also want them to make it in life. And, um, and I think, you know, sometimes maybe making the NHL might be a lot easier sometimes than making it in life, even though uh, the NHL is, is uh, the odds of your son making NHL are slim to none. Yes, and that, that sort of brings up, you've brought up a couple of things, Carl, that, that, that I want, that were really interesting, because you were talking about how much, you know, when the boys were doing stuff in the driveway and you were there and how much they yes. appreciated that someone was there and and how through sport as a, you know, child, as a newcomer to Canada, you fit, helped, helped you fit in. How much have those values been at a foundation of what you've tried to do when you were a principal, like at Broadview, at middle wow. school, and, you know, getting... Re- reaching out to kids and letting them know, hey, someone, someone, you know, you're loved and you're valued and, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I look at sport, say, uh, when I think about my family as an extra parent, you know, and I think that all families could use that extra parent, that thing that our children love to do. And when you find that thing that love to do, clear the way and pave the way and get out of the way. <laughs> you know, that quote's in the book. It's not mine, but I use it. Um, you know, sports. I, I, I've said this. At 24 years old, PK had more developed life skills than Carl Subban at 48 because of what he, he, what he has faced, what he, he's had to deal with, and what he had to go through. And I look at Malcolm and Jordan. They're not married. They don't have a family. Uh, they don't have a mortgage yet. Well, yes, they do. Have a <laughs> but but you know what? I don't think they, they have different worries. And, and they, you know, they're trying to settle into their career. But, um, you know, but but I know because of the journey that they're on, um, there there's so many uh, experiences, life experiences that they will encounter. And there's so many life skills because life skills are sometimes like a muscle that they will strengthen determination, grit being patient, um, you know, um, not giving up on, on themselves and never stop believing in their potential, you know. And so so even at Brookview Middle School, um, which is, you know, some people say it's a tough part of town. And, you know, I've been there for seven years and I, you know, I, I don't see what is so tough about it. The only thing that's tough there today is the weather. <laughs> um, you know, even there, we know sometimes we might not be able to reach all children in the classroom, you know, unfortunately, but you can maybe reach some of them on the soccer field, on the basketball court, or on the ice rink, because we did bring hockey to Brookview, and we had the Heroes program there. So sport is just another, another activity where we can connect with our children and, and, and um, you know, and, and try to influence them, because, you know, um, you know whether it's their coaches or us, um, you know, uh, like I said, it, it takes a village and, and, you know, I don't have to tell my boys to get up in the morning to train. Um, you know, I, I know when it's time when hockey's over, they'll be able to, able to get up and go to work. 
um, you know, they will have a work ethic, you know, they will be able to deal with challenges because they're faced with challenges and obstacles every day, even though they're in the NHL and Jordan is in, in the minor leagues, which they must work through. Um, you know, just touching on that too, I think a lot of times people will refer to a tough part of town or the people that say that are the people who have never been to that part of town, you know. They're like, oh, that's a tough part of town. Like, you've never yeah, even been there. But, yeah, and, 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 and some, I have to make sure I don't say it either because sometimes that I get asked a question about Jane Finch and Brookview Middle School and I've been there for seven years and, you know what I mean, I'm outside all the time and, and you know, some so... Um, you know, yeah. So you're right about that. It's 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 a Toronto is a beautiful city, and um, and I've traveled uh, to to many countries, and and I'm, I don't want to compare countries, but and I've traveled to many different cities is in the United States, and Toronto's right up there in terms of the people, opportunities, you know, and and I'm so happy I'm working there and in the Jane Finch area. Uh, I, I know Nate's, uh, we're, 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 we're on a borrowed time here a little bit, so I'm just going to quickly touch on a couple of things hockey-related and get back to the book, because yes. I think people listening to this interview obviously want to know some hockey things. You talked about adversity. Um, briefly, uh, You had a, when we talked earlier, you talked about uh, you know loving the Canadians. The day PK gets drafted by the Canadians, yes. you're at the top of Mount Everest. Can you tell me about draft day 2016 or right around there when uh, the deal went down to send PK to Nashville as a Montreal Canadiens fan and, you know, seeing what PK went through there, how, how, what, were, what was going through your mind when that happened? Yeah, well, leading up to that point, there was a lot of rumors about him being traded. And, as a, you know, as a parent, you know, it's hard to ignore all of it. And, and so, um, you know, I, I wasn't in PK's head. I was not as in, in his heart. But, you know, I'm, I'm a parent. And, and so when it happened, I wasn't really shocked or surprised by it. Um, you know, and, and I know PK took it hard um, because he didn't want to leave. But as a dad, I'm saying I'm hearing all these rumors all the time. You know what I mean? And, and they say where there's uh, smoke, there might be a little bit of fire. <laughs> so so um, and, and then I quickly realized that he, he was going to a really good team. And I, I know Montreal uh, was a good team, and but I know Nashville was also a good team. So I knew it'd be a really good situation, and and experience has, has proved uh, me right. Um, uh, one day in the future, and I, I don't believe when anyone's playing, we can ever get the full story from you. You know, mm-hmm. do you think one day, maybe 15, 20 years down the line, and when the the PK book comes out, we'll 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 learn more about what happened. Uh, yeah, that's, I get a question a lot, and and um, the only uh, PK doesn't know because I mean, you know, it's like I've said, no one can walk off the street and come into my house and tell me how to run my house. Come on, you know what I mean? Right. I, I'm not saying I won't take feedback to be a better dad right. and a better husband. So I, I, we can't. Go and tell uh, uh, Mr. Molson and Mr. Bergevin how to run their teams, and 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 you know they've traded away so many of my star players from Montreal over the years. Okay, right, right. Uh, and Patrick I've told Long. someone uh, that gave me a lot of practice in dealing with PK's <laughs> trade. You know, uh, because so many of my star players left the team. But uh, you know what? I wasn't a hundred percent totally surprised. Sorry about the trade and the move, and and uh, why. I, you know what? I mean, it's a business, and players get traded all the time. Um, people, I hear a lot of different things around why it was race, this person, you know, but it's all speculation. You know, I don't have any bad feelings towards the Canadians. Look, 
they gave PK an opportunity to to li to um, live his dream. Uh, PK became an NHL All Star wearing that uniform. He became so popular. Uh, I mean, he became famous. He, and he became very rich. So <laughs> why would I want to look at the Canadians and say, you know what, you've done him wrong. You know, um, they're more good out of this story. I, But, you know, I think what has happened is uh, the day they traded PK, I think it wasn't just PK who left Montreal or, or left Canada to go to Nashville. So many fans did too, uh, to yeah. follow him. Um, to his new city. And you talk about it in the book too, I mean, the the, the charitable legacy. Uh, yes. The roots of that are in the book too. Uh, you, you mentioned a trip to Haiti that, that yes. he took. Yeah. Uh, and just, just so our listeners know, uh, PK donated $10 million, uh, you can tell me the year, a few years back to the Montreal Children's Hospital. Yes. Uh, and and that legacy was created by as as referred to in the book by a trip to Haiti perhaps yeah it's it, yeah that was one of the things mm. that influenced him but you know I'm gonna go back and say the OHL does a good job in mm. getting the players uh, ready uh, to do charitable stuff because that, that's where it really started with PK plus being who he is um, there were many invitations for him to to visit hospitals I know the Bulls did it he did it with the Canadians. And there are a couple of stories that really touched him and moved him. And and visiting Haiti too changed him. Because I remember before he left, um, I, I knew he was making it as a hockey player at the time. And I said this to him, PK, you're making it now as a hockey player, but now I want you to start making it in life. I, I didn't know exactly what I, you know, what it meant, but now I know what it meant because really, He's, he's taken some wonderful steps, especially with his work in Montreal, and he's doing the same in, in Nashville, um, you know, and, and uh, his life goals are great, fantastic, and his hockey goals are great and fantastic. Um, and, and just building upon that again, um, heading to Nashville, uh, he started the Blue Line Buddies program, yes, um, which is a really unique and interesting and cool way to address some of the issues that are going on. Yes. Uh, can you kind of tell our listeners what the Blue Line Buddies plan, or I guess, uh, program is, and um, just kind of how that came about? Well, I think that came about. Um, I, I, you know, PK would be the best one to answer it. But based on what I know, I I, I know that he, he always wants to to give back. You know, that's PK in general, uh, and a lot of NHL players do it. A lot of professional athletes do it. He's not the only one. But anyway, he, he wanted to do more. But I remember, um, you know, just recently we had uh, the situation in the United States where players were kneeling at the football game and, and PK had said that um, he didn't feel comfortable in kneeling and disrespecting uh, the flag and so on. And he felt that he could make a difference uh, in a way that sort of um, suited his values. And so that's how that Blue Line uh, program, our Blue Line Buddies program came about, where he's uh, working with the police officers and who, and, and he sort of connects uh, uh, the, the officers with at-risk kids and, and they come to the game and, 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 and there are all these other things that, that they do, you know, and, and that's what the Blue Line Buddies is, is about. But P-Kid said he didn't want to kneel and... And, and I, I agreed with him. We didn't speak about it, but I, I did agree with him because um, I looked at my story, uh, the way sport has helped me to integrate into Canada. And, and I always said sports also 
is the one entity in our society that can bring us together like nothing else can. I remember in, in 1972, the Russia Canada series, and the way we sat there in my school, um, you know, Lansdowne uh, Senior uh, uh, School, uh, Middle School, and, and we had kids from all over the world. And, and we didn't all look the same. But on that day, we're sitting there in the basement watching the Russia-Canada game. We're all cheering for Team Canada. And so I, I really don't want politics to creep into the arena, on the, on, onto the basketball uh, floor, or even onto the soccer field. Let's leave it out of there. And also sports is, is one of the times when we can sit down on Saturday night or Sunday afternoon and forget about our life troubles and focus on the home run, focus on the goal, focus on the touchdown. I don't want to be focusing on people kneeling and so on and you know, ruining that experience. That's, that's just the way I see it. Oh, that's and that's the way PK sees it too. Um, Even though there are injustices, there are injustices, and, and obviously uh, we, should, we should do more, and, and more needs to be done. But I, I, I don't think okay. we should be using those... No, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think... We should be using, um, you know, the, the soccer field or the football field or, or the ice rink uh, to, 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 to do that type of a work. Certainly, PK has chosen a very constructive way of, of, of handling this, and, and, and it seems to... I'm really interested to see how these results bear over yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We do need people speaking up, and, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't, but I'm not going to speak up at the arena. PK wanted to lead by example. Um, he didn't want to lead by kneeling. He wanted to, 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 to lead by doing something constructive, you know, because everybody knows that there are injustices and, and everybody has their own story too, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I'm not going to tell someone not to kneel, but I know PK didn't want to kneel and, and I said definitely would not kneel, but I'm not going to tell another person uh, not to kneel. Um, <clears throat> switching gears. Um... Now, when you look at all this right now, I know Jordan's almost there. Uh, two sons in the NHL. You know your 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 career as an educator. Um, you know your two daughters doing as well as they have. You got grandkids now that you're taking out skating. Yeah. They call uh, they call the rebuild here in Toronto the Shanna Plan. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna just tag myself on this again because yeah. I'm really proud of myself for yeah. coming up with this. Is this the Grand Subana Plan? Um, you know what? When we started out, we had no plan. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? We we really didn't have this grand plan, to be honest with you. Uh, like I said in one of my tweets, it's when I look back at my footsteps, I saw the clues uh, to our successes and, and achievement. But you know what? I I mean, who doesn't need help with parenting? You know, I get a lot of pats on my back, uh, you know, uh, for the good job we're doing. But I, I still need help. I, I you know, When I meet parents whose children are doing well, guess what I ask them? Can you share with me two or three things that you, you know, that you think that you did that made a difference? Because I'm, I'm still learning and I'm still growing. And which teacher couldn't need some feedback on how to be a better teacher? Because, you, you know, you have 30 youngsters in your classroom. You know, it's very difficult to reach all 30 of them. And, and whether you're coaching, you know, what can you say? What can you do to your young athletes to inspire them, you know, to inspire them to be better, to do better? So... So, you know, that's the, the main purpose of the book uh, is, is to help parents, to help coaches, to help educators. We never start out with a plan. And like I said, you know, the only thing they give us uh, when we leave the hospital with our newborn 
is a birth certificate, not a parenting certificate. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know when the journey ends. I don't know when I'll get my parenting certificate, but uh, it won't be anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, that, I, 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 when you were saying that, Carl, I'm looking at the one quote from the book. It's like, Maria and I did not start with a master plan for children. However, nothing we did was accidental. Yeah, but, that's true. And you just, as you say, you never stopped being a parent. I guess what something you did talk about was sort of an experience when, when Malcolm was in had a pretty serious injury when he was playing, I think, with the Providence Bruins. Yes. What's the what's the process like as a parent when I mean you, I mean he's an adult, but I mean, when your son who's playing is injured and and you're, and you're concerned for him, what are the emotions like? There? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's we want our kids to be safe. Number one, and with Malcolm, you know, we didn't know what had happened. Uh, I just we were in Grenada uh, on vacation, and I, I, I Jordan when Malcolm were playing at the same time. So I left Jordan's game, tuned into Malcolm to see if um, if Malcolm was playing. And then they said Malcolm was in net, but he got injured, was taken to the hospital. So as a parent, like, you know, you, um, you know, you just, you just, you, you become stressed and because you just don't know. And, and then we called the agent and, and they got some information and gave us the feedback and which we didn't want to hear. And, and because we're so far away too, we're in Grenada. Mm -hmm. And this happened Saturday night and the next flight out is Monday. And he's gonna have an operation Monday. Um, and so it was very frightening. And, um, you know, and, and, and then as time went on, the Bruins were really good. The doctors were really good. Uh, Malcolm was in good hands. My daughters went down and they gave us the feedback just before the plane took off that he was out of surgery and, and he looks like he's gonna make a, a pretty good recovery. And so I knew then that his health is gonna be fine. And then there's a good chance he's gonna continue his dream because you know, um, you never wanna cut a life short. And, and you know, um, they can also have other dreams we know, but he was able to continue to work to fulfill his main dream. And as we're seeing, he's he's doing that right now. I believe he's a projected starter. Of course, this, this will be, uh, uh, this will be past time when we talk about it. It'll be published <clears throat> next week. But, yes, he, he's supposed to be the starter tonight, I, I believe. Uh, in, in Chicago? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's had a good run with the team. What a great team. And Dave Pryor, the goalie coach, um, you know, Mr. Gallant, the coach, Mr. McPhee, the, the GM. I'm so happy that, that, that they took Malcolm, the fans, and they just love Malcolm there. And, and I know Malcolm loves them. And i definitely be watching tonight. And, uh, to see him put his talent and display, and it's so nice that he's fulfilling his dream and and fulfilling his potential. The two final things I'm going to point out, and we're, we're, we talked about this earlier. I think a lot of South Asian people in Toronto are jumping up and down to find out that the Subban last name uh, originated uh, in in uh, uh, India. Yes, um, which is very cool. For when you pointed that out in the book, I was uh, uh, I was definitely intrigued. Yes. Um, and the other thing is. Um, you said you have, I think, three books left in you. Is yes. that correct? Three or two more or three more? I have three more in me, yeah. <laughs> so tell us, what, like, what, what, give us a little sneak peek because we're interested. I haven't signed it. First of all, I want to do um, one of the projects I'm working on now. I, I wish I had the story. I would share it with you, one of the stories. But um, I, I want to create a picture storybook with a, a, approximately five stories. And uh, you know what? I've, I've, I've written three of the stories already and I share them with friends so I don't want to do that on the air and, okay. and they really like them 
And then I want to do a book around leadership, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, using under the hockey dad umbrella. And I think, uh, you know, because, you know, I've been, uh, I don't, like I said, I, I've, I've uh, uh, yeah, a book on leadership. And I also want to do uh, something that uh, parents, educators, and, and teenagers can use for themselves, a book written about uh, working with adolescents and, and teenagers. So those are my three ideas that I, <clears throat> that are percolating in my mind. Well, we look forward to uh, reading those books when they come out, and we look forward to, uh, well, would you love to, or would you like to come back on? Because we certainly would love to have you back on. Well, you know what, it's, uh, it's, it's been a great time with both of you, and, and um, I'd love to come back. Plus, <clears throat> you gave me a, a wonderful <laughs> gift, uh, uh, bad news here, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the story of uh, Marvin Barnes, and, and um, I can't wait to read it. So I thank you. I'd, I'd love to come back. Thank you very much, Carl. Yeah, All right, thank, thank you. you guys.